Thriving in today's fast-paced world of change and disruption requires innovation. Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that explores the ins and outs of innovation with raw stories, real insights, and practical advice from the best and brightest in the world of startups and innovation. Each week, we'll bring you the latest ideas in lean startup, design thinking, corporate venture capital, and more. Now, let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Inside Outside Innovation Podcast. This is Josh Berry, uh, always along with my co-host, Brian Artinger. And as you know, we're focused on finding interviews here with the best and the brightest to bring you real stories and best practices in the areas of corporate innovation, corporate venture capital, entrepreneurship, accelerators, all the things that companies are doing nowadays to increase the likelihood that they'll find that next best product or the next business model. This week is no exception. We've got the innovation leader for American Pacific Mortgage with us, Mr. Kyle Nicholas McRae. American Pacific is one of the top 25 mortgage companies in the U.S. today and is poised to be one of the top 10 private mortgage companies in asset size. Kyle's going to share some of the things they've worked on in their accelerator, how amazingly they had an eight-figure win pretty much out of the gate, uh, the importance of having executive buy-in and and good flight coverage, uh, how they figured out how to integrate startups and other ideas back into the corporate structure, which I know a lot of people struggle with. And he'll even share a little bit about his passion for seeing corporations and startups continuing to work more and more together. So hope you enjoy this great interview with Kyle from American Pacific Mortgage. So walk me through a day in the life. What does is, what is being innovations manager for American Pacific mean? That is a great question. Um, you know, and, and I, I wouldn't consider myself an expert by any means. And, and thus, I, I try not to put a definition on innovation because uh, I'm not sure a one size fits all fits. Yeah, and, and so the way that that uh, you know I would define innovation is is a combination of two things: risk and time. Um, and as it pertains to American Pacific Mortgage, we're making investments in the future. They tend to be a little bit more risky. They they tend to have longer timelines in terms of return on investments. And, you know, a day in a life is understanding what opportunities uh, are available to us that that fit our business model and interfacing with various executives from different departments to advance, you know, a combination of what would be sustaining innovation or mm-hmm. disruptive innovation. Sure. Where, where do you spend the majority of your time? More on the sustaining incrementalism uh, area or more on the transformative, uh, different products, different business models side of things? It would lean more towards uh, disruptive innovation. Um, more of the investments that we're making for the future um, are things that the company has never done before. Sure, sure, sure. So there's there's a lot of different flavors that people are taking towards that side of innovation, whether it's uh, venture funds or internal accelerators or other maybe internal black ops teams that are just focused on attacking and killing the core business. Right. Uh, what are some of the things that uh, you're doing at American Pacific that are either working or you wish were working a little bit better? Good question. I feel like if you were to put what we do in a box, you mm-hmm. could call us a corporate accelerator or okay. an innovation lab. But we, you know, we certainly every investment we make doesn't succeed. 
So there's a lot of, you know, best practices that we can talk about today, but we can also equally talk about what doesn't work. I think what makes um, our program unique is how we've positioned innovation, um, how we are intending to innovate and the level of oversight that we have. And I think this um, is why a lot of innovation programs fail is uh, the, the ability to have enough space to innovate, to experiment mm-hmm. on things that, the, that may conflict with the tr- traditional business, but still have the, the level of oversight and um, alignment with the executive team. And, and just on behalf of American Pacific, our innovation department directly uh, reports to the chairman and founder of our organization. So we have. So you've got a lot of coverage from above uh, that helps uh, shield you a little bit. We we do, and and I and I cannot underestimate how important that is. Um, That we are almost a a ten billion dollar organization with multiple layers of of management, and oftentimes, and not just in American Pacific, but all companies, corporations specifically, is if it if if these types of investments do conflict with the core business, or if we're relying on, you know, managers that aren't incentivized to see these investments be successful, it can create conflict. And so without that highest level of oversight, you can have a tremendous amount of, of, of pressure or, or failure or not just be able to develop an environment to see innovation be successful. Yeah, I think you nailed Um, it there, Kyle, that that a lot of people, their compensation, their bonus, all of these things are tied to not taking big risks, right? And so having someone up at the CEO who is basically establishing the rules of the game for you is exceptionally helpful. Yeah, Kyle, uh, you mentioned uh, you could, if you had to put it in a box, it'd be like an accelerator. Uh, are, is that working with external teams or is it internal teams that you just happen to treat in more of uh, a, a traditional accelerator focus? Walk me through kind of at a high level, at least the mechanics of your program and uh, maybe some of the successes. Great question. We, we do both. Um, and this goes back to what I mentioned earlier about trying not to put innovation necessarily in a box or define it specifically because it means different things for different organizations. For American Pacific, um, it all depends on the opportunity. We have different investments that are mostly served by internal teams, as well as working with, and I think this is this is really important, I'd like to touch on this subject, is partnering with startups um, and, and a little bit more nimble organizations uh, on the cutting edge that help us uh, more quickly get to our end goals. And, uh, you know, I would just like to say it, I'm, I'm really excited to see the, the success that you're having on uh, with your company, Econic, and the ability to, to bridge gaps between the startup world and the corporate world because we, we live that space every day. Oftentimes, um, in an internal environment, we don't have 
all the resources, um, all the tools immediately accessible to us. So in those specific instances, we do go out and find partners, um, a lot of them being startups um, that are, are, you know, developing the, the next innovations, the technologies, the, the tools and the tactics that, that we're aspiring to uh, co-create. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, let's dive into that a little bit more. And, and uh, thank you for the compliment there about Econic. Uh, sure. When I talk to a lot of corporations about partnering with startups, uh, it always feels kind of a little Goldilocks-ish and that they're like, well, if it's too early, it's really hard for us to work with them. And if it's too late, then we're overpaying for it. What, how do you find the just right spot? Uh, and, and what do some of the types of partnerships or types of collaboration uh, end up looking like with some of these startups? Really, really good points there. Um, and again, it just it just depends. You know, for for a specific example of how we partnered with a, a startup, mm-hmm. uh, there was an instance where we created a service that became very successful, um, and we were able to, you know, slowly uh, a year and a half into it, be able to c- create a sustainable business that is now thankfully generating, you know, eight figures on a monthly basis. What? But <laughs> that's one- crazy, Kyle. Yeah, and, and and I say that because um, well, first and foremost, wasn't easy, and and yeah. you know by being in the innovation department, we we were prepared to uh, at, at at all costs, outside of legal moral issues, <laughs> uh, um, we were prepared to to start over um, if the business needed to. Yeah, and um and and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because we 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 actually had to, and one of the mm. issues. Uh, with that particular service was transparency or, or visibility into uh, what specifically we did to our partners and our customers. And oftentimes when you have innovation departments within corporations, you're competing against other departments and finite resources. And we didn't have the ability to develop something internally to offer that level of transparency. So we went out and found a company Special Agent X is mm-hmm. the name of the company. They developed a dashboard that brings visibility and transparency um, to the mortgage space. Okay. Um, and we partnered with them to develop a, a, a dashboard that, that solved our problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really just recognizing that it, we didn't have the expertise, we didn't have the resources or the ability to turn that around as quickly as we needed to. Um, so we went out and found someone that did. That's that's a great success story. Thank you very much, Kyle. What's interesting to you right now in the area of, of innovation in the mortgage industry or fintech or even things around it? What's catching your eye that that you're most excited about? Well, and and, and again, um, I'd, I'd like to go back to to the work that that you're doing with uh, Econic, and this is one of the reasons why I was so excited to come on your your podcast was the work uh, that you're doing bridging the gap between startups and the corporate world. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think that our investment would be as successful as it was or is today without that partnership and solving a problem that, you know, we ourselves could not. So I'm so excited about 
corporations and startups coming together. There's a, there's a lot of companies kind of in our space, but beyond that are starting to investigate and, and try to understand how they can make that work because, you know, corporations offer resources, they offer distribution channels, but, but there's a lot of great things that startups offer that corporations can't execute on speed, agility, you know, and I, I really am passionate about seeing both of those worlds being bridged and the opportunities that that offers um, in the in the future. Sure, sure. You're also hitting around something that we we also hear quite often, and that's if I do these partnership with startups or even more traditional M&A uh, I then have this whole issue of reintegration, right, back into the company, right. back into the core business. Um, what have you learned uh, in terms of, of really being able, or, or, or are you also in that same boat of trying to figure out how do we do successful reintegration, uh, or do you keep them separate? I, I guess I'm making some big assumptions there, so just tell, tell me about that. Do, do you dive into those reintegration issues? Of course. And it all, again, goes back to uh, our intentions is what are we intending to do with the innovation department as a whole, but also within the innovation department, the investments that we make and, and where we see them in, in, the, in the long run. And that's why I go back to the definition of innovation as, as time and risk. These are investments for the future. But if you're not intending to or you're not strategizing on where you want to go, you don't understand that. And so when when we're evaluating the opportunities that are in front of us, we look at, again, organizing them in, in the form of disruptive or sustaining innovation. Mm -hmm. And then ba based on the buckets that, that it falls under, we, we start to immediately align with, even if we are working or, you know, even if we have the capacity or the space in the innovation department to do the work, we start to make those alignments with the different departments because ultimately we, we don't want to end up in a place where we were intending to integrate this in. Um, the, the purpose of this investment was not to be a standalone product or service. And at, at the end of the day, we are not prepared or we, we haven't aligned ourselves or institutionalized ourselves enough to, to be able to hand that off. And, and uh, just as an example, the investment that we spoke about earlier, one of our, our more successful investments, we've officially integrated that into our production department mm -hmm. is we, we always intended for that product or service to be developed in a way that would be handed off and operate as a traditional piece of the business, which it is doing today. But we needed the time to innovate and develop and, and to make that successful before you know, we really handed that off. And, but not, to your point, not all investments um, fit that same model or mold. That's good, but, but what I like and what I'm hearing, I think, is you're calling your shot before you even go into it, right? You're saying that the intent of this one, and maybe it'll shift over time, but uh, but this is the strategy that we want to have because it fits this type of innovation or it fits this into our culture. So uh, you're, you're flexible, but you're also being very intentional as you're going into each of the engagements or investments. That's right, and you mentioned something very, very important that it 
culturally and, and, and both uh, from a business perspective, you have to have uh, alignment even before you begin. Yeah. And, and without those pieces, um, inevitably, it's hard to be successful without that, especially, again, when you're inside of a, a large corporation. Sure. Kyle, shifting gears a little bit, uh, I'm curious about how organizationally your innovation group uh, business unit is structured. Uh, how many people do you have on the team? What types of roles? Or, or if you can't get into that, at least, uh, how are they divided up? How does the team work? Yeah, so... You know, I, I manage the innovation department, but, you know, from a, a structural standpoint, it's 100% fluid um, and organic. When we're evaluating the opportunities, both disruptive and sustaining, we try to forecast what types of resources we would need for them to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when it comes to the different initiatives that that uh, we're pursuing and, and we try to keep that limited because we want to focus on the ones that we think will will yield the greatest results um, despite if they you know kind of transform as we're developing them but we keep it very fluid and organic and my role is to understand you know when we are um, evaluating those investments or initiatives is is what types of resources do we need to pull in? Do we need to go out and find those resources? Do we need to strategically partner with departments in the organization to make sure that they're successful? And it, and it again, just all goes back to uh, those investments. As of right now, there's about 20 of us in the innovation department working on various yeah. projects. But but that changes depending on what the projects are and, and the resources uh, needed to see them be successful. Interesting. Interesting. So, so what I'm hearing is you, you're almost prizing fluidity and almost a more of a generalist uh, approach uh, out of the gate. And then you go find the specialist or other resources, either externally or internally as needed. That's right. If people want to learn more about uh, what you're working on, Kyle, or what American Pacific Mortgage is working on, how can they learn out more? You can check out our website. It's uh, apmortgage.com. Mm-hmm. Um, through our website, you can start to understand some of the investments we're making in, in mobile and and uh, beyond. Um, I'm always available. I'm pretty active on on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, so What's message Twitter me handle? directly. At underscore the disruptor. How did you get something cool like that? That wasn't taken already? <laughs> it wasn't taken. Um, and uh, I, I won't even take credit for the name. I've been, <laughs> I've been given that name, believe it or not, internally as uh, the disruptor is, is my job is, is to disrupt the status quo. And I felt that that was um, a, a fitting Twitter handle. And, and uh, you'll find the conversations both there and on LinkedIn uh, uh, follow suit. Awesome, Kyle. Uh, The Disruptor, really appreciate having you on Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Special thanks to our guests for being on the show this week. Also, we'd love to hear from you, so please do reach out and uh, talk to us on Twitter at the IO Podcast. Uh, Visit us online at uh, insideoutside.io. And uh, if you have 30 seconds, go over to iTunes, um, leave a review, and you can subscribe there as well. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, go out and innovate.